0: Welcome to Studio 12. Our guest today is Jesper Yule, an eminent Danish family therapist and author of the bestseller your competent child. Mr. Yule, thank you for joining us. Thank you. As I already mentioned, you are an international, renowned family therapist with more than a three and a half decades of work experience. How has the family changed over this period of time? What has been happening to it?
1: Two very important things, one is that um, the relationship between men and women, husbands and wives, have completely changed, thanks to the women. Um, It is a very difficult change, it's painful, it takes time, but in terms of mental health, in terms of the quality of family, it is very, very good. Uh, The second thing that is happening, and this is happening over the last 10-15 years, is that um, after three, four decades where we were modernizing, we were humanizing in a way, the way we were around children, uh, we have come to some very uh, important insights. And when I say we, it is like a combination of Uh, family therapist it is uh, neuroscience it is it is all over the place so to speak that we have learned so much over the last 15 years about normal healthy children how they develop how they uh, feel and so on so suddenly we have lost this moral consensus in our society we are not agreeing anymore upon what is right and what is wrong in, in, in every sense of the word for parents this is a huge challenge because it means that they don't have any external support they cannot just like my mother go to you know a sister, a brother a neighbor, a teacher and get almost the same advice from everywhere now they will get 5 different and if they read read five different books, they will get five different things. So the challenge is for parents to try to relax and say, my job as a first-time mother or father is to find my mother or father inside me. What 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 do what do I want to do? Is it is it different uh, or is it? you know, maybe the same as my own parents were doing, what is it? One example. When my son was seven, he would still come home from school and he would come when I was sitting, talking. I was talking to a lot of uh, fancy psychotherapists from all over the world and he would come and sit on my lap and he would sit there for about 15 minutes. And the American psychologists were shocked they said, you know, this boy will never be independent. He will never be this and this and this. And it was all wrong. It was all an idea that they had. So so try as a parent to listen to yourself and more important even, talk to each other. Uh, what do we have from our own childhood that we really value, That was that was good, that we liked? What do we have from our grandmothers? Uh, And what didn't we like? And then forgive yourself, because you're going to do 15 things that you really don't want to do. (laughs) Because being a parent, becoming a parent, is a process that takes, you know, it takes one or two or three children to get really good at it.
0: Parents are often in a situation where they need to say no and draw a line. But often doubts arise whether children need boundaries at all, and if yes, what kind? What is the best way of saying no and setting a boundary?
1: Children do not need boundaries in the sense that we talked about 50 years ago. Every family, I think, every family needs about you know, a handful of rules that in order to make things function but what we know for sure is that children need parents that are clear, relatively clear about what they want, what they don't want, uh, what they like, what they don't like. So we're talking about the importance of parents becoming aware of their own personal boundaries. Children, of course, have no idea about the personal boundaries of their parents, so they will overstep the boundaries thousands of times within the first five, six years of their life, simply to get the experience. Who is my mother? Who is my father? How are they different? How is my mother different from my grandmother? And so on. So, um, uh, so so this is a very important uh, developmental step that was not experienced when I was a child. because when I was a child, children were afraid of their parents. and when they're about three years old, they had learned to be quiet. Um, now, thank God, not so many children. Are so afraid of adults that they once were. Uh, so they are much more healthy, they are much more outgoing, they are much more uh, alive.
0: And parents often ask you for advice on concrete situations, for example, about the problems related to the child's eating habits, chores, or sleep. Is it at all possible to give a uniform answer for all cases?
1: Uh, no, it's not. Uh, it's not. Uh, the reason I established uh, family lab which is also in in, uh, in Slovenia is actually <clears throat> that parents are asking these kinds of questions I call them stupid questions uh, but I think that parents deserve intelligent answers uh, because there are no you know I have a three-year-old who doesn't want to eat vegetables what do I do there is no answer except, yes, beat the hell out of him <laughs> and do it consequently and every day. And, you know, eventually he will eat vegetables. <laughs> but but there is no such answer. There is only who are these parents, who is this child and how can we, professionals, for instance, how can we tailor a way that fits this family, which will be different from the one that fits their neighbors.
0: What is your position on punishment? Is punishment necessary or it is better to solve conflicts in some other way?
1: I think it's very important to distinguish between a society and a family. in a family, I do not think that punishment is necessary. I don't think we should use it. Um, in a society, uh, we we don't at the moment we don't have any better way. I think everybody realizes that it is not very effective. It's not very helpful. But but it is uh, it's the only way because we don't have closeness between authorities and citizens. Within a family we have closeness, we have the possibility of dialogue. And um, if you raise children by means of punishment and reward, you might as well train dogs. Um, This was was the old-fashioned way of training dogs and horses. So, but is it effective? Yes it is effective. Children will cooperate with anything their parents come up with and they will become very much the way the parents like them, at least until puberty. Then the whole thing will explode and we will get young people and we will get adults who don't have an independent identity, who do not have an inner Feeling of what is good for me, what is not good for me, where are my boundaries, uh, and so on. Which is exactly what we want our teenagers to have when they go out in the world. So, <clears throat> sorry. So this this punishment idea is uh, is is not good. It's not working, and corporal punishment, of course, is is very destructive. Not only for the child. We know that, that physical as well as psychological violence against children is damaging for their, the development of their brains, but it is also very destructive for the relationship between parents and children, which is not so often in the discussion. Uh, but no, it is, it is not a good idea.
0: It is still fairly acceptable to raise a child in Slovene social environment according to methods that include some forms of violence. A slap across the face, smacking, spanking, and other forms of corporal punishment are therefore still being used as a way of disciplining children. Parents are generally not even aware of the consequences their behavior can have on the child's further development. In Slovenia, One slap on the bottom is a rather acceptable form of corporal punishment, and most parents do not see anything controversial about it. What is your position on corporal punishment?
1: There are different kinds. Um, I would have to talk to these parents and say, okay, slap in the bottom, when did you do it last time? Why did you do it? What made you do it? Did you do it because you could not find another way? Did you do it because you think that this is good for the child? What, what, what were, what were your motives? If uh, the the last question I can answer, it is not good for the child. Uh, the other one I'm very sympathetic <laughs> to, because we all end up in positions, especially in love relationships also with our partners where we have no idea what to do and where we are acting out of desperation and I think that is allowed provided that after the fact we take responsibility and say listen I did this and this I should not have done it It was wrong and then don't make any promises don't say I'll never do it again because you probably will (laughs) so so it's you know being a parent is not about being perfect it's not about being doing the right thing all the time being a parent is being responsible for what you do also when you do mistakes and all parents do mistakes I mean the best parents I know make about 20 mistakes per day And if you have an average, you know, about 20, 30, 40, then it's still okay. After that, you might want some help from the outside.
0: (laughs) Is there a way for parents to know that they are good enough? Is it possible to address daily challenges without turning to experts or reading tons of literature? Can one become a self-taught expert in child-rearing and search answers within ourselves when in a dilemma?
1: I would like to say yes, and and I actually believe it is possible, but it requires two things. One is that the the mother and father in question have like a healthy self-esteem, that they have a basic trust in themselves. Uh, the other thing is that they spend a lot of time with their child, because raising children should be like a mutual process. You know, you do you do the best you know how, and then you watch the reaction of your child, and then you learn from that. And then that, of course, is when, when it becomes difficult, because I say something, I do something to my child, and like yesterday I said something to my grandchild he was uh, he was uh, he wanted to roll He's three years old and he wanted to roll his football on the dining table and I said Alex I don't want that and his reaction was like this so my question of course is what does that mean Does that mean that he's angry with me? Does it mean that I have hurt him? Uh, I have known him for three years now, so I know that it means that he heard what I said, he's prepared to stop what he's doing, but he doesn't like the fact that I'm stopping him. And that's okay. Then our relationship is okay. And it takes about 20 seconds and then it's over. So, as a parent, you have, to, you have to be able to get under the skin of your child to experience the world in the same way that he or she does. Then you know when you overstep your, your boundaries or abuse your power as an adult.
0: What kind of values are held by today's family and how do they reflect in the upbringing?
1: I'm not so sure uh, about what the values of today's parents are. I think most parents are searching and, unfortunately, most of them are searching within a very limited choice. It's like either the good old fashioned authoritarian or some kind of modern, free, democratic, whatever. And on this continuum, there are no answers. We have to start thinking in alternatives uh, instead of opposites. Uh, what what can what can we do? I think one of the things that is very, very confusing for our children today is that they are growing up in families where the adults are changing their values more often than they change their underwear. Uh, because most young parents get up in the morning and they really want to be you know, nice, modern parents with a good relationship to their child. And then by the first or second frustration, they turn back to the old values, a slap in the bottom or whatever it is. And I think that, I think that very few adults can imagine how confusing that is for a child. Try to imagine your own partner having one set of values and standards and beliefs uh, in the morning, and a complete different when you meet him in the afternoon. It drives even adults crazy. So um, I think parents now are searching, and of course we are trying within the, the family lab system to to provide some inspiration and say, you know, this is this is what this is the little we know as professionals please you know think about it and then invent your own family on that basis.
0: What are some of the most common misconceptions about good upbringing?
1: I think the most common misconception is actually that there is a right way and a wrong way In the later years, there's a lot of confusion about the difference between bringing a child up within a family and then pedagogics, like in 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 kindergartens and so on. Uh, and these two ways of being around children are and should be very different. Um, parents, the value of parents is that they, uh, they love their child, they're in love with their child they behave crazy they behave irrational uh, and this is the nature of a love relationship and of course uh, pedagogues cannot love, you know, 38 children uh, at the same time, so it's a different thing uh, and if we were to choose should children grow up Uh, only with pedagogues around or only with parents around there's no doubt that it would be better if it was only parents Uh, but the greatest misconception is this idea that you can do it right and I know that every parent every pregnant mother every pregnant father so to speak of course wants to give their child the best of the best of the best of the best That is okay, as long as you know, that is not always going to happen. (laughs) You have to be, you know, realistic also. Because otherwise, children become a project of their parents. Then I, as a child, have to prove that my mother is wonderful 24 hours a day, which is hard work for a child.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching. And do not miss our next show with Mr. Yule here at Studio 12.